Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Now, today, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 5 of The Resistance, titled The High Tower. Now, of course, we've got a couple of announcements before we get started. William, why don't you tell us about those? Yeah, so uh, we actually have a new series coming out. Sort of. Um, oh, but it's fun. Yeah, the, the Lego Star Wars series is coming back with new more new episodes uh, under the title Lego Star Wars All-Stars. It's a new animated series from Bill Motz and Bob Roth, the creators of um, uh, Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. And it's going to be comprised of eight shorts and four half-hour episodes spotlighting characters from across the saga. They've got a trailer with uh, all sorts of characters from the prequels, the original trilogy, the sequels, and uh, the, the standalone films, and the various uh, animated series. They've got characters from all over. And I think yes, you're missing one. They even have can I, the can I say this one? Yeah. Is oh, that what you're going to say? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm so... Well, I mean, the Zilla Beast was such a great episode of Clone Wars, and we didn't get anything else with the Zilla Beast, so I'm excited to get, get him in Lego form now. More of Zillow. Um... Is that his first name? Zillow, Mr. Zillow no, Beast? No, he's just the Zillow Beast. Uh, so he goes by Mr. Type. Beast, though. Mr. He goes wow. by Mr. Beast. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Beast. Okay. Well, Zillow for his friends. Um, Zillow <laughs> Let it never short. be said that this is not an educational podcast. <laughs> Don't make this um, Yeah, exactly. So the first five <laughs> shorts are actually available now on YouTube and Disney Now. And they tell the... Uh, the history of everyone's favorite Lego droid, Roger, from the Freemaker Adventures. And um, well, they will be, uh, the, there's five shorts available right now, and they're going to do a compilation special with three additional shorts, so a total of eight shorts merged into a half-hour episode that will be airing on November 10th at 11 a.m., so just a, a week away as you're listening to this, assuming it's you're listening right when we release. Um they're also, uh, the following weekend, week after that, they're going to start with uh, four original half-hour episodes every single week uh, between November 17th and December 8th, 8th uh, again at 11 a.m. So we basically get, if you didn't watch this week, we have effectively five weeks in a row of half-hour episodes, the compilation special, and four new episodes of LEGO Star Wars. And they're going to awesome. be telling all sorts of stories. Very fun. Yeah. So we will uh, we will be reviewing these as always. Um, we're we're gonna wait on the shorts until uh, our n- not not the next episode, but the one after that, so everyone has a chance to uh, to watch the compilation special, and then we'll discuss it, and we'll discuss the other episodes as well as they as they air. Bill Bill and Bob do such a great job with this show, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think the Lego Star Wars series has been an interesting one because they keep coming back to it in a different way every single time it's still always lego star wars same style of animation um but some of the new characters or they'll have a like a mini story going on for a while as they did with the freemaker adventures or um yoda chronicles and all these other things so uh, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a cool a cool thing and uh, all stars looks like it's gonna be a great series and the one thing i like about it they are very well written and they have that if you are a fan of the lego games it has that lego humor to it and Mm-hmm. I say when it comes to the Star Wars universe, it needs this kind of humor and it needs this kind of writing. This is a very, the shorts that I've seen so far, very strong, very entertaining shorts. And Roger, how can you not love this bum? Everyone loves droid? Roger, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, it's exciting and I'm, I'm glad to see Bill and Bob back in business. So it's because we didn't know what was going to happen after Frame Maker Adventures was, was canceled. Yeah, it was pretty quiet until they uh, made this announcement. And then all the funny thing about it, they made the announcement, and bam, there were shorts right then and there. Yeah. There was no waiting. No, it was like, hey, in two days, it's coming. Enjoy. Yeah. So that was that's that pretty was cool. Fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So with that, Tom, why don't you tell us what we're going to be reviewing this week? Sure. Tonight we're going to be reviewing uh, Resistance, season one, episode five, called "The High Tower." This was written by. St- 
Stephanie Folsom and directed by Stuart Lee. Synopsis, the First Order arrives at the platform for a mysterious reason, and Kaz and BB-8 are determined to sneak into the tower to find out what they want. Now, this is the first time we actually see somebody else other than... No, I meant this is the one we see Phasma. I've got my episodes mixed up because the next episode we somebody see somebody other than Phasma. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fascinating the amount of color armor that shows up in this this episode. But we see the red Tie Fighter pilot in this one come to the platform. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, we get a little bit more with Major Von Reg, who we got to see in the premiere. Um, mm-hmm. This episode's a. Uh, I I feel like this one is kind of a almost a turning point for the series I, yeah you know in, in many ways uh it had a lot of the same feel as the prior episodes but they really seemed to kick the story in, into high gear mm-hmm. um yeah and uh you know as a recording as we have already seen the next one we're gonna be pretending as if we hadn't so there's things i would love to be right. able to say about the next episode we'll, we'll talk about that um, yeah it's gonna be very kind of hard but like, um, i almost slept <laughs> that's okay um yeah. But yeah, I thought they this was a I, I'm very curious to see where they go from here because they moved the plot a lot faster than I was expecting. For sure. Well, what I'm yeah, and, and what I'm finding fascinating is that the first order it's it's almost like a detente between the the New Republic and the First Order. Mm-hmm. But you just get this feeling with this episode. There and we all know what this leads to there is something brewing at this point and it's fascinating that somehow the colossus is is almost like a i'm going to say a flashpoint possibly in the future to where maybe this is where the first order is going to come out because you, you've got a thing to where you know the major comes to the, the the platform because the colossus is low on power and because of this they're they're shutting down you know at least an hour a couple hours or whatever you, you get the feeling you know, through the course of a day because they need this power. And it's almost like the first order is coming to them going, Hey, we've got it for you. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, but you have to let it, you have to do something for us. Well, and you notice that the first orders are so, uh, reminding them like, Hey, you know, all these pirate attacks are really terrible. Yep. You know, if you, if you were to join up with us, maybe we could protect you, which yeah. conveniently they're also behind, but you know, well, yeah, like well, any good, but, but like knows. any good mob boss, you know, <laughs> yeah, you gotta, exactly. You got to create a situation that is uh, beneficial. You have mm-hmm. to encourage the uh, them to to move in your direction. I, I think is how exactly. they, they would they would phrase it. But um, the, but the, that form of encouragement in this case comes in uh, in, the, in the form of protection and power, because the Colossus Station is. We don't really know exactly why, but they are low on power and and kind of going into power saving mode. They have to shut down um, for a while. Power flickers in and out constantly. Well, um, only if you don't live in the tower. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. And, and and this one, we really well. One, this is our first time we get to see the tower, and two, we actually get to see the uh, the stark contrast between the tower and the, with the has haves and the. Mm. And 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 the everyone else in the station, more the haves nots, you know, where they, right. yeah, um, you know, it, the the tower almost looks kind of like Cloud City. It's very bright yeah. and clean and pristine. And the further you go from the tower, the dirtier and grungier and nastier it gets. It's almost like a microcosm of Coruscant, to where you have everybody in like the uh, senatorial district yep. up high. But then as you go deeper and deeper, it gets dirtier and dirtier. And that's kind of the feeling for this. And complete with, you know, looks like uh, an elevator or like singular choke points, essentially, Mm -hmm. between the high tower and the rest. Yeah. Conveniently guarded as well. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, like, um, and, uh, you know, they they even, you you have to be on a list uh, in order to, even if you're accompanied by someone who lives in the tower, you have to be on on a list and pre-approved in order to, uh, to access it so you know very high security um yeah but it's just fun seeing that that, that it's, contrast and it's, do you do you guys think this is going to be a uh important uh distinction i guess in the future now that william brings the, it up the have and the have nots now that william brings it up i think so because as i've always said if you call attention to something you might as well use it later and there, there has to be something about why this tower. I mean, to a certain extent, if that's where your best pilots are, that's where your um, your 
let's say a military, if this is the military base on this platform, sure, you're going to have it guarded because these are the guys that are basically defending right. the platform from the pirates. Right. And then later on, possibly maybe the first order, we don't know, mm-hmm. but that kind of makes sense. But it, but still it wasn't just like nice. Of, it wasn't just like they have what they need. It was almost more opulent uh, yes. as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah. But yeah. So uh, the, while the, I mean, so they, they never actually make this clear. Do, do you think the lack of power is a legitimate issue or is it being caused by the sabotage or something on the part of the first order? My, my take is that it was a legitimate issue. Okay. That was, that was, that uh, was my read it, too, like, but. You know, power, it sounded to me kind of like, you know, fuel resupplies kind of few and far between. Sometimes right. you get into a little bit lower in the reserves than you expect. And they also uh, are in the outer rim as close to as close as possible to the outer rim unknown, uncharted territories. It could make sense that they don't get their drops as much as they're supposed to. Right. Yeah. And that, and it'd be interesting to see if the pirates are playing into that, but they don't. I don't know. I don't get I, the if sense. If that was the case, I would have yeah. expected a little more. Yeah, know, they wouldn't just be coming on a the pirates wouldn't just be showing up when a storm appears. They would possibly be showing up also when the power is down. Cause that almost makes sense. You would want to attack when the power is down because maybe they wouldn't have enough for the weapons, which I doubt that would be the case, yeah. but you could see something like that maybe in the future as a plot point as well. That's true. And it could be, that was something they didn't, you know, that's a good point. I wonder if, you know, powers down from the previous storm we saw or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had to fire the weapons a lot more than they expected. They had to get them repaired, which, you know, is always a pain. <laughs> yeah well i mean the the when the power is out they obviously can't work on on the ships uh although one could argue that kaz never really works on the ships and just yeah he's kinda, too busy trying to figure out how to spy and or, or how off. it works yeah <laughs> so uh when the the power goes out so they all go to aunt z's to hang out and I have to say, when, when she walks in, I love how she calls them her favorite customers because they always mm-hmm. order water and don't buy anything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a good touch. Is so true. It actually ties in nicely with the next episode. Um, but uh, if you look carefully, I mean, I, maybe these are in there before, but I didn't remember them. Uh, the episode guide started to call out a few of these, and I started looking in the background for others. Um but there's actually a lot of really cool things in the background. There's like the, you know, that Kowakian monkey lizard crumb bomber artwork from uh, Clone Wars um, on Obi-Wan's 212th division uh, gunship and Old Joe's pit stop shop and pit stop and rebels. Um, that, not offhand. That artwork is in the, is in the background. Uh, there's oh, a bunch cool. of helmets like rebels, uh, rebel, rebel helmets, Imperial helmets, Mandalorian helmets. So she's got quite the collection. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice any of that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but of course, Anzi blames the lot lack of power on Captain Doza himself. What's not clear is whether it's just, uh, he's causing the blackouts or whether he's just hoarding all the remaining power for himself so that they have a continued, you know, constant standard of living while everyone else goes in and out of this, this blackout. I, I suspect it's the latter. That's a, that's a good question. Cause it could it could be taken to where he's reserving the power in case they do get attacked. That's another thing, too. Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. I don't, I, I don't have a good answer to that. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of Captain Doza? Obviously, we they've been kind of mentioning him. We've seen him staring uh, cloaked in shadow out of his uh, office tower before. But this is the first time we've actually gotten to see him in the flesh. Have you guys ever seen the, uh, the anime show Robotech? Where you have uh, the captain? Nope. Okay, he kind of reminded me that of the captain of the SDF one. And right offhand, I can not remember the guy's name, um, but I—that's who he reminded me of. Outside of the show, just very straightforward, businesslike. But as it goes further, not to spoil anything, looks like a guy who you kind of have no idea what side he's on, whose side he's on. He's maybe trying to play in the middle. I don't know. So that's Doza? what I got out of it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I, I feel like they, they instantly try to play it up like it's Captain Doza's part of the First Order, and that's what sets right. um, uh, Kaz out to in- investigate. But I don't, I don't actually think that's true. I think Captain Doza is trying to do what's best for the station, 
maybe while still hoarding the power for him, you know, making sure he has enough for himself and then sharing with everybody else. But he's at least mm-hmm. trying to do the right, the, um, I suspect the right thing. Um, he's not perfect. We, we find out he's in league with you know, criminal underworld and a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah. But, um, uh, but it, yeah, it but sounds like a, he's, he's, it, he's, he's not willing. He doesn't want to just sign up with the first order right away. I guess what I'm saying. Right. But I would think in a position like that, he is almost over a barrel to where he might have to play all sides, to where he may have to play a little bit with the First Order. He may have to play with the criminal mm-hmm. underworld. You know, he has to protect his station. You, you don't know. At this point, until the series continues on, we don't know any of his motivation. He could be who Cass is looking for. He could be the spy. You never know. Because in this episode toward the end, he almost gets caught, Kaz. Oh, yeah. He does. He He... Much to my surprise, he, um, you know, it, he he ends up he and he gets he gets into uh, Doza Tower. We'll, we'll come back to to how yeah, he does we'll, that well, later. I, I jumped so but far ahead on that's this fine. Line, let's so let's, let's talk about this now. I mean, he get, he gets into Doza Tower, and um, eventually, you know, makes his way over to where they see the the First Order, because um, the, the First Order troopers la- uh, landed on the on the station. Uh, and they, they they saw them going to the tower, so he he follows them in there, and tries to listen in on their conversation. And he does that through the use of a comlink that uh, that Niku was playing with at the beginning of the episode. And as you mm-hmm. always say, Tom, if you use if you show something, you have to use it later. And they did exactly that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, well, at the beginning, well, he, it's, Zeke, Zeke gets too close, and this massive static, uh, you know, uh, uh, or interference. Yeah, it's feedback. Uh, feedback yeah. is played, and um, uh, and it was causes you know it's way too loud and annoying, and sure enough, that happens again later. Mm. Which actually set it up very nicely to where you, if he was going to get caught, it wouldn't. If he was trying to sneak around and not get caught, this was the best way to set up for him to inadvertently be found out instead of him just like wandering through a door by accident. I mean, they set it up really nicely. That was that was a good story touch. Mm-hmm. It was a little oh, convenient, yeah. but you know, he I guess yeah, he places the the comlink on the um the the service droid's platter. And the service droid walks in, so he's able to actually hear the conversation between Doza and the stormtroopers. Um He's kind of lucky I mean, that the say, just he's really lu- he's very yeah. very lucky that they didn't take the like bowl of nuts off because uh, I think he would have been found out then. He would have been found out pretty quick. Oh, totally. Um, also, I have to say, my I wasn't Kaz's um, means of distraction uh, when he was putting the the comlink on the droid's platter was somewhat awkward. Or he's calling the droid. Hey, old buddy, you you look great. You've been look you've been working out. How's life? Like, yeah, that, droids that don't was, really a, work out. Uh, kind of cringeworthy, but a little bit. I I actually, I don't know why that one actually I found like that funny. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I'm like, what kind I of droid okay is like? <laughs> I I don't know why. I can't tell you why, but uh, I thought it worked fine. <laughs> okay. I, d- I did love the droid though. Like uh, I've always loved those droids from that because that's that's the same droid yeah. as in Attack of the Clones. Yep. Uh, that like drives the little um, uh, the 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 cart or almost um, that mm. that uh, Anakin and Padme ride in on Tatooine. You know, mm, it's like got it. hungry, hungry. you know that that droid. Um, and I just love I've always loved its voice and and everything. So it's fun to see the return of of that style of service droid in this episode and also dressed up like a butler with butler style. That's true too. Paint job. Um, okay. But let's, let's take a step back. So obviously, you know, Kaz makes it into the tower, but let's, we need, we can talk about how we got there. We got the introduction of the one and only the most amazing ace on the entire platform. Of course, the one hype phase on first time. What did you guys think? He's very, um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, outgoing, I think, is probably the best word I'd use for that. I, I would say his name fits him because he was very hyped. He is very, <laughs> you'll, hey, you'll very notice confident. I avoided the obvious pun. I know. I'm sorry. Actually, I, I don't know. I, I take that back. It's not obvious. It's. I, don't I think know. it's, yeah, it's supposed to be there. But 
you know, it, we we can attest to this because the voice, uh, the gentleman who voices it, Donald Faison, the actual the, the actor, we were at a screening in which he mm-hmm. was in the back of the theater, just totally going at, asking Dave Filoni questions. Ah, ah, ah. So basically, as hyped as he was at that uh, that press thing we went to, that's how this character was as well, as totally hyped and confident as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And we find out that he. You didn't he obviously he was not always an ace. He was uh good friends with I can never remember her name. Tam. Uh Ugh. thank you. I don't it's such a simple name. That's I don't know why right. I can never come up with it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um but yeah, he's best friends with Tam. Uh or was but was. But yeah, you know, it seems like something uh something went wrong there. He became famous and uh kind of forgot all of his past friends, it seems. But but then again, when it got toward the end, did he really kind of forget? I mean, it ended up being that, yeah, sure, the two of them are friends, but it ended up one, if you look at it this way, one's career kind of skyrocketed faster than the other one. And there is something toward the end when they finally meet up that you kind of get this feeling that, you know, he did feel bad. He still, he, he did recognize know. her. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That almost felt like what, a... You know, Oh yeah, no, I totally feel bad. I'm sorry. We should like catch up sometime, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, totally. We let's 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 uh put it something on the calendar and never never actually do it, you know? No follow through. Okay, um, now wait a minute. What have I always said? Let's see if they follow through later. True, true. Never know. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, see. His personality though, yeah, I just he's he's very um self centered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There you uh, go. and um uh, you know, he he just he thinks everything is about him himself and how great he is. And uh, even later, when he's trying to joke with, uh, quote unquote, joke with Tam, I don't think he was actually joking. I think he just realized that he said something really mean and tried to backpedal as if it was, it was a joke. Um, 100%. But uh, I don't, I just don't. He doesn't. He doesn't really consider other people's feelings. I don't think he just. He's so into flying and being awesome i mean it's right in his name he's he's hyped uh that uh, he doesn't really doesn't really think about anybody else and and as a result um you know i think tam is a little bit frustrated with him um understandably so on the other, thing, on the other side i also don't know I, I would love to see i wonder how much how close they actually were maybe it was one of those things where um uh, you know Tam thought they were better friends and they were I, who knows but the it makes it sound like they were really good friends uh and and that he just kind of ignored her when he got too famous um, yeah which is I'm, unfortunate actually let's talk about Tam for a moment because we found out a little bit more about her backstory here as well mm-hmm. I mean we've known previously that she's her goal is to become one of the pilots and that's what she's been working on the fireball for um there's a li- did you get the, I, I got the suggestion from hype that he he took some shortcut that she disagreed with, and that's kind of part of what started their whole disagreement. Interesting, it, because he kind of mentions that you know he you know you're not gonna be able to do it without a real racer. You know, some of us uh, took opportunity. I, I don't remember the exact line, but like he definitely calls out uh, that I missed that. I just assumed that he's he had a good racer, and and, and she's just been trying to repair the fireball the whole time, which also um, makes uh, Kaz's almost. Uh, perceived possession over the fireball even more infuriating for Tam because that's her that's her ticket uh, mm-hmm. to the, to the mm-hmm. Aces Lounge and all of a sudden this newcomer's arriving and trying to fly her ship and um, something I, tells me that's going to be rough when we get to it. I think you're right. When they finally get it flying, when they finally get it flying, and okay. whose ship it's going to actually become. Yeah, I think there will be some some source of conflict there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we, but you're right though, Stephen. We do get a little bit more backstory into Tam and and what happened to her. I, I would love to to learn more and and both about her and 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 what hype was like. You know, was, was he quite this um, over the top and excited <laughs> back in the day? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, maybe that's something that we're going to explore later in the show because really it hasn't gotten far into racing yet if it's supposed to keep moving toward the racing aspect i don't know if it's gonna happen honestly this uh, like this episode i think williams said at the very beginning is this is a turning point yeah 
So do you think they're going to start downplaying the racing? I think I think the racing I, and the mechanic angle will quickly disappear. Yeah, I think <laughs> I could so be as completely well. off base. Interesting. Um, but uh, we'll 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 get, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, hype is a. I mean, he he's kind of loud all over. He's got bright green clothes and a bright green ship. And all of his, uh, you know, tons of like uh, patches of sponsors all over his ship. In fact, um, if you uh, if you look really closely, uh, the episode guide pointed this out. Um, all of the patches on his and the logos on his his outfit and his ship are are references to the Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, Ooh. So nice. like there's the 79's Cantina logo from the Clone Wars. There's Power Sliders and Admiral Snack Bar from Abfar in the Clone Wars droid uh, arc. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Yeah, it's real. I love the little. It's it's. I'm sure it's easy for them too, just to reuse the artwork. But it's it's mm-hmm. nice to how they start tying that together. And uh, even more references later in um, in in, in Tora's room. But uh, uh, we also find out that. And this is what slightly confused me. Hype claims okay. to have won every race in the last two years, but every the, race that he's participated in. True, yes, but is, in the recruit, but in the recruit, um, Tora has also has a hundred percent win record. So I'm assuming they just haven't raced against each other ever. That was my my yeah. Take I on think that. that was my assumption too. Because may, maybe they're different classes. You have to look at it that way. Maybe, let's say, she's a rookie class or she's an uh, intermediate class. He's the advanced class. We just don't know that because we or, really haven't seen the, the racing aspect much. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe that. Maybe that's it. Uh, but we, we find out that the Aces escort these fuel shipments down to the Colossus. However, um, Hype and Captain Doza have this understanding he says, when it's them, I'll be here. What does that mean? Uh, Could it be first order? I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, it sounds to me like, well, one of two things. Either when it's when the first order is arriving, I will be in the Aces Lounge, or the or or um, in this case, I think this was still in Aunt Z's Tavern. Mm-hmm. Um, not up there, to, so I won't stop the first order from arriving or conversely i don't want to be up there escorting the first order because i don't agree with that's, it but I'll, that's how i read it that's interesting i'll kind of like turn a blind it. blind eye in some ways to what's going on um even though he doesn't agree with it yeah i don't know i that's, that's i definitely read it as a he's not interested but now i'm not sure but that makes yeah, me wonder I, if like are the other aces interested or just don't care? Like um, well, Freya Fenris is the red ace. She's mm-hmm. leading the the pack, tra- uh, taking everyone down to the, the planet. And we haven't really seen much of her yet. No. And no. Well, we I also wonder if that's got, why she's got, in the lead role, maybe, because she's more of a First Order sympathizer. I don't know. But we also haven't seen, but we got the first glance at the guy who's the TIE fighter slash racer. Because yeah. that was just a walk-by. So I, we didn't really talk about this. One of the things I really appreciated is every one of the aces seems to have a droid that kind of reflects their personality. Mm-hmm. So like the Thai pilot guy has what a Griff. very imperial looking droid that's yeah. kind of beat up, kind of like he looked he was or I, beat up's not the right word, but maybe grizzled. Mm-hmm. Grizzled. Um, but it was I really like that touch. A little gruff or griff, like his name implies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so his they, name's they didn't Hallerun. go very far in terms of. Uh, <laughs> but yes pointing out the obvious yeah no I I, uh, I thought they did a really good job and as always they have so many different characters in the background and aliens and it's it, they yeah. do a great yeah really great that's job. the nice thing about this show yeah um, unfortunately when they when Kaz goes to investigate the the tanker the fuel tanker um, Niku takes it upon himself to well first he, he they run he runs into Kaz and thankfully instead of thinking that he's spying they they assume he's studying the aces and then Niku mm-hmm. decides to go um, help 
Kaz out by talking directly to the First Order and asking them why they're here. <laughs> yeah, talk about a guy who takes, you know, a question literally and, or and a situation literally. All the time. And then yeah. proceeds to yell into his comlink with Kaz just not 10 feet away as the stormtroopers are passing him. Hey, I find out, found out what, you know, they wouldn't tell me why they're here. Mm. It's, again, like, the one part of this that I was like, I didn't need that. A little too much on the literal, I think. But I, I think in this case, again, you have to look at the um, age group they're going for. Mm-hmm. And that is something that probably the age group would get a big kick out of. Like, oh, look. That's you true. Know, this is silly. It's very silly. I had this love-hate relationship yeah. with Nico. Sometimes yeah. I, yeah. I think he's he's an amazing character and I love it. And other times I'm like, oh, wow, dude, you are way too literal. And just like, it's kind of grating exactly on Exactly my and, problem. And I, and I think the thing is, it's the situations they put him in. I'm going to say, like I've defended Jar Jar. It, it depends the situation that the character's in, how it's written. And I think with this character, it's the same thing. In some situations, it's written very. He's written very well, yeah. and he's a really good character. But in a situation like this, when they're trying to go for, and 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 I'm I'm paraphrasing. It's maybe not what they're what they're going for, but it's coming off as he's. It's a silly situation to make somebody just of an age group think this is very silly, and and get a comedic you know laugh out of it. When you look right. at it from our point of view, going, yeesh. <laughs> and again, it's it's aimed at younger audiences, though. Yeah, like, it is. Uh, it is. It, it is. It and, is kind of funny at times. So I guess yeah. like, I, I love Niku um, while also cringing at him at times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a character that's going to, right. you know, it, if he's, if he's written well, it's a character that will hopefully going forward, grow a little bit and maybe some of the stuff will back off a bit, but it's a, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it also felt a little bit convenient that hype just magically was like, "Hey, by the way, um, Tam, we should catch up. Uh, why don't you come up to Doza Tower and we can chat? The place you were just wanting to get into. Oh yeah, and bring Kaz too. Yeah, like, and I'll put your name on the list. Yeah, exactly. And you, yeah, uh, I I don't know. That actually didn't bother me as much. It, to me, that was just it's a reflection of the fact that he is all show. Yeah. The timing was convenient, but the motivations made sense. Um, Unless, here's another thing I was thinking of. What if hype is actually um, a a resistance agent or something? Like he's intentionally. I don't know. I I I don't know. Just crazy idea. Like because he's so over the top. Maybe it's intentionally so. To divert That's attention true. from himself. That's I, very true. Possible because he he is getting them in a situation where, or maybe not part of the resistance, but a res, uh, you know he maybe sympathizes. Well, we know he doesn't like the first order, right? Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't want to be flying when they land. Oh, that's the assumption at least. Yeah, kind of wants to turn a blind eye. Maybe he oh he he get he maybe he knows that. Well, this this mechanic guy is a little too obvious, so. Yeah, you think? Um, Need to be a little he's more probably a spy for the resistance. Let's get him in a position where he can overhear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never thought of it to that way. I don't know. It would be cool. I I would be in favor of such a, uh, I don't want to call it subtle, but like it'd be a good twist. Yeah, it would be a very good twist. I had never thought of it that way. But I mean, because it, it helped you. I mean, he got, he got into the office. He was able to overhear until he gets spotted. Right. And a chase ensues. Which which was kind of cool because it kind of had the feeling of, um, I was thinking of Camino, where you have mm-hmm. the stormtroopers that are running on uh, platforms and shooting downward. It had that, it, it felt it felt yeah. a little bit like, like Colin Wars. Mm-hmm. Well, and he also ends up in, in Toradoza's room and runs into her and she ends up covering for him. Yeah, um, that was fun with her you know, covering her father. That's like okay. I'm gonna lie to my father. Yeah, I mean, and and her her room is just a a, a wealth of um, references. I mean, she's Easter got eggs. she's got a, a model T16 X-wing, just like uh, not T16 X-wing, a model T16, um, just like Luke uh, had that he would play with in New Hope. 
um, she's a model model toys of a um, or numerous toys, including like an X-wing, a Tie Fighter, Subulbous Pod Racer, uh, dolls like an Ewok, a Tuka from the Clone Wars, and Ortolan. I've got to go back and watch Banthas, Kenton Striders. Kenton Striders are the the Dejeric hollow chest pieces. One of the one of those pieces. And I thought mm-hmm, one that yeah. maybe looked like a Fairnock too. Um, mm. Action figures of a stormtrooper and Bush the bounty hunter. Is Bush like famous now? Gotta go back and see this again. Uh, there's or a, is this all yeah, the stuff in the episode? This is guide. all in the background. Some of this you can see in the episode guide, some not. Some I just I, mm-hmm. I found wow. looking too. Good listening. Um, there's a poster with Sabine's artwork. That's what I was gonna say. Because I was gonna say that one I did. Oh, catch. I, wow, I missed a lot of this. Apparently. Yeah, which the the implications of this make me like Okay, well, obviously, resistance is set thirty years after Rebels, right? Thirty-three years right. after Re- sure. after Rebels. So, is Sabine like some famous artist now? I don't know. But then again, did hmm. she find Ezra? And if she's a famous artist, is she back or not? That's the question that, if you're getting it really geeky, yes. needs to be answered. There's lots of interesting, lots of interesting questions there. Yep. That this raises. Why would she have this? She also has a poster of the Boonti Eve pod race, and uh, uh, and a poster of a speeder bike too. It's less interesting, but the you know the <laughs> Boonti Eve pod race being you know the famous Tatooine pod race from uh, from Phantom Menace. So um, the other thing could be just a bunch of fun little Easter eggs to take a look at and go, wow, check out that, check out that, check out that. That's a possibility as well. Yeah, true. Yeah. It could be just that. Yeah. But I would like to think there's a little bit more behind there too that Sabine has, I don't know, maybe found Ezra or not and become a famous artist. And uh, the bounty hunter Boosh is is well known throughout the galaxy for having killing killing Job of the Hut, killing Job of the Hut. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Even if they don't know it was Leia, um, yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Um, Things get a little awkward inside, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that got a little awkward. I was that, hoping though. they wouldn't. I, I got a. I kind of got this weird vibe in the series premiere. And then. In this episode, they they actually start to go down that that path. Tom, is this something you were. Like, you mean you mean a feeling of a crush or something that she thinks the guy's cute? Well, no, she, she, I mean, she says she thought she she thought it was the other way around. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I read it the wrong way. Okay. That's right. (laughs) Ah. And she's like, no, I think you've mistaken. Well, things, but like, you know, if if you, if you look at it from the point of view of what he got himself into, I, I could see that happening as a complete misunderstanding. And they needed some kind of business within that room. That would make sense that she would think he'd be in there for, other than trying to escape and make sure that he doesn't get caught by the first order, except that she's so, fifteen and so he's that, twenty, and it's just weird. And no, yeah, uh, nothing, nothing. I never good. took I mean, the age in the well. No, it's it's weird. It's just weird. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, but then again, it's a fifteen-year-old who thinks an older guy's got a crush on her or whatever. I don't no, know. Not, and showed up to the apartment out of nowhere. Yep. No, not okay. No. Okay. Even if it wasn't intentional. On Kaz's part, I he just ran in a random room. Myself out I was of like, it. oh, no, no. Okay. Please don't. But, of course, she sends him out the window so her dad doesn't catch him. And Luckily, he didn't fall into a nice big uh, watery ocean down there. Exactly. Um, really? But instead, that's when he, he climbs along the outside of the tower. And this is pretty much when Kaz's cover is eternally blown. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I this mean, is okay. Hang on, let's this be fair. Is pretty was well it ever not? Was it ever not blown? I mean, well, he was never exactly extent, very subtle. Yeah, but but you have to admit, to this extent, it is pretty well blown, at least in the eyes of Captain Dozer, or something, because he did sit there and say, "Who are you?" So he knows something's going on. Yeah, he's he, looking he up. Knows, he has to. He knows something. Yeah, he knows something. I mean, it's and it's not just Doza, right? Doza knows. Doza, sorry. Doza knows. Everyone else has that, seen the first order attempting yeah. to shoot at him. Yep. Yeah. They know that he was in a restri- I mean, even even Tam asks him where were you and he says he was in a restricted area. He wouldn't say any more. But right. she knows he was in a restricted area getting shot at by first order stormtroopers on a platform on a side on the side of the tower where like mm-hmm. nobody should 
happy in their right mind. Um, and everyone in Aunt Z's cantina was placing bets on whether or not he was going to survive. That, that was funny. That actually was very funny, the placing bets if he was going to survive or not. Oh, it's hilarious. But Yeah, that was great. Um, yep. I, don't, I don't know how he recovers from this. I don't think he does. Well, but okay, take it, take it from this point of view. He's just a crazy, yeah, from a certain point of view, he's just a crazy kid that got himself stuck in a situation that he didn't know he was getting himself into, that he's very naive, how many weeks on the platform, and this is a teaching lesson to where, you know what, don't ever do this again. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to talk I the mean, kid out of it. You, really you, you could long. rationalize it away, but it's just getting yeah. really weird. Okay. Really fast. So okay. So let let's flip it this way. All right. Now now bear with me on this one. Okay. Poe Dameron put him there as spy. Kid has no clue how to spy. Yet we already talked that possibility because of phase. Maybe phase the actual agent. And now it's a point to where this kid will be more cover for FaZe. For, for FaZe on, yeah. An interesting interesting yeah. idea. Yeah. I've yeah, come I mean, up with crazier ones before. That he could be true. trying to divert you attention have. from himself. Yeah. I mean, what, what better way to deflect suspicion from yourself than a kid who can't do what he's supposed to do and bumbles it like crazy? True. That's true. Yeah. Now, who's to say that Poe would actually, you know, let's say, give this kid up and put the kid there in that position to be that crazy and dumb and and have something like this happen. And Poe basically set him up to fall like this. Mm-hmm. But you never know. That, that's a good point. Uh, but I don't know. Like, even okay. so even if it is there's a real spy and they're diverting the attention toward Kaz, intentionally so. Kaz's cover is still blown. Oh yeah, it's um, totally blown, or increasingly blown. Yeah. Major Von Reg knows uh, uh, Captain Dozen knows something weird is going on, and is now yeah. starting to look into him. Major Von Reg, I don't know how much he believes what Captain Doza said, because um, Tora, Tora's like, oh, he's so. my friend and just got lost. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think Von Reg believes a word of that. Um, and even in, in, you know, while Doza, um you know, feigned, um, you know, you know, being indignant about Von Rigg blaming, you know, one of his residents for doing something. I think Von Rigg knows that exactly what Kaz is up to. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to have his face memorized and start investigating it. So now you got yep. the first order on to the spy. You've got Doza, the captain of the Colossus on to the spy. Even if the residents of the, uh, of the Colossus, can can you know be even even if they can explain away his actions to everyone else the people who who are most important know yeah something is up yeah. something suspicious and everybody i think everybody also look at him just being a clot yeah you know? and i think yeah. this is the beginning of the end of the mechanic and racer subplot mm-hmm. no there's just there's no coming back from this yeah totally agree and this is happening. I mean, I thought they were going to stretch it out all the way through the season one, um, but it doesn't look like they're doing that. Nope. Well, but also look at it this way: if they were to stretch this out through season one, why would the title of the show be called Resistance? Well, because he's part of the Resistance. Yeah, he's he's part of the Resistance. You need a bigger Resistance presence. But, right, but but I look at it this way: he's part of the Resistance, but basically, the. I read somewhere, and and until this episode, I kind of agreed. There really wasn't much Star Wars in these episodes, mm-hmm. and this one kind of got closer to actually being more in line of of being a Star Wars episode, especially the next one coming up. So it's kind of like, you know, I, I expect to see a little bit more happening other than just everything on this platform being all fine and hunky-dory, and this kid's going to try and be a mechanic and try and be a racer because there has to be more going forward than just a show about a kid being a spy and racing. And it seems like this did, as we said, as we said at the beginning, this did take a nice big step forward. So hopefully, at some point, you will start seeing an actual resistance happening of maybe from Doza, 
to where he is going to basically put his foot down to the first order. You'll see, you know, actually the first order coming in a little bit more stronger, you know, and you'll finally start seeing maybe the other pilots who are the aces, who are the other pilot groups start pointing up a resistance. If the first order start coming in stronger, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. I know. How many episodes do we have of this season? Is anybody said exactly yeah, how much? 22? 22 episodes. So we are well, we are a quarter of the way through almost. Yeah. Because I, I really think when it comes to these shows, to keep it on a pace like the first couple, it's going to get uh, a little mm, aggravating if they kept that pace. And since this one, they jump so far forward in the storyline then hopefully the next time there's going to be a turning point, it's going to make it go further. And then that way we will start seeing, you know, more of a quote unquote resistance happening instead of just racing. Right. I suspect that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And so. uh, it, it, I'm excited to see exactly when and how it does. Mm-hmm. So... And then yeah. basically at some point, if there is going to start seeing, we start seeing like lines drawn of who actually is part of the resistance and who actually is part of the first order. If that subtly starts as we move forward, starts developing. Mm-hmm. Or who's neutral. I mean, you got to think of it that way too. There could be parties that are just completely neutral. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So... So yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of it to this episode. But a lot happened, I, and and I'm really it makes me even more excited for where they're going to go from here. It really does. Absolutely, it it is really is the beginning of the the next chapter. I think I feel like the, yeah. yeah, the first I don't know six, seven, eight episodes are just an extended introduction. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I could be completely off base here. This is just the feeling I'm getting. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, we'll, looking at we'll the episode descriptions makes me doubt what I'm saying. But at the same time, a lot of the episode descriptions, I don't think have been very representative. Um, like the episode description for the for for next week's episode or the, the, the follow-up episode to this, um, I feel like kind of downplays what really happens. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's, it, it's an accurate episode description. It just undersells right. the story somewhat. And so I, mm-hmm. I, and it makes it seem like there's less happening than there, there is. So, um, well, again, I'm going to take it from the point of view of the, the age group they're going for. And that's probably, probably why we don't know. We'll see. So with that, should we yeah. get into our reviews? Yep. I'll yeah. go. I'll volunteer. Um, I'm actually giving this episode a solid seven. Um, I, I, I've said my viewpoint throughout the whole podcast, so there's really no more point of me to just talk about it. I think it's 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 better. Um, Nico, a lot to be desired. We'll see what happens going forward. But um, Solid 7, I am taking my 7 Womp Rats. And, um, you know, when the First Order was trying to run and catch Kaz and they were shooting their stun bolts, it was the Womp Rats that were jumping in front of those stun bolts to kind of, you know, run block for him. And maybe when they're stunned, they can, as they fall in front of the First Order, trip the guys where they can slow them down. We'll see. But that's what I did with my 7 Womp Rats. Cool. Yeah. Um, who'd like to go next? I can go. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> of course, as I say that, I start coughing. Um, Sorry about that. Yeah, I think I also have to give it a 7 out of 10 Womp Rats. Um, the only thing this episode really had that bothered me was the uh, Niku's uh, moment of being too literal again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even <laughs> then, like, it worked out surprisingly well. Um, just... I feel like we really got a story kind of going and it actually got me to the point where I'm like, I'm excited to see how this begins to progress. Uh, who knew that all they needed was to add an actual, you know, villain into the series. Um, <laughs> so my seven out of 10 Womp Rats, uh, 
they're going to be running along the edge of a building, but uh, you don't have to worry because they're being shot at by stormtroopers. But we now know, of course, that First Order stormtroopers are as poor shots as the original stormtroopers. And so uh, nothing to worry about. They're going to be fine. <laughs> That's true. They weren't that great either. No, lots of misses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think, yeah, I, I thought this episode is as we said earlier, really a turning point for the series in, in many ways. Um, and I, 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 like you, Steven, I am very excited to see where they take it. I think there's a lot of potential now and it's starting to pick up pace. And to be honest, I didn't think it was going to pick up pace this fast. Uh, and so that makes me excited that we're, we're going to get a, a bit more of the first order subplot and, 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 and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, there were a few moments that were a little over the top, but overall, I really enjoyed it. So I'm actually going to give this an 8 out of 10. And my 8 Womp Rats are... Um, well, you know how we use the uh, the service droid. Uh, Kaz used the service droid to, mm-hmm. to sneak the microphone into Captain Doze's office the first time. Well, obviously, after that, they were they were found out. He um, starts sending the Womp Rats in one by one, and he just like has them swallow a microphone so that they can... <laughs> record <laughs> while being in the room oh god eight microphones wow. for eight different times to spy because he's gonna need wow. a lot of info that's that's a fun one yeah it is <laughs> not gonna ask how you're gonna get the microphones out of them because uh, you don't be, yeah they're, they're disposable figuring. yeah that's what i what i figured they're biodegradable too oh okay well that makes sense makes it much better <laughs> much better uh, so coming up on Ion Cannon, and actually when we say coming up on Ion Cannon, we mean coming up tomorrow on Ion Cannon, because our next review is coming out w- right away. Uh, we will be reviewing, uh, not Rebels, but Resistance, uh, Season 1, Episode 6, I almost said Rebels, uh, The Children from Tahar. Kaz searches for two missing children for a sizable reward, only to discover the First Order is also hunting for them. Um... Yeah, this should be a, another fun, fun episode. So we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.